Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. We are unmuted. Hey, welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast, and Happy New Year, just about. We are recording this on New Year's Eve, and it should go up live today. Not live, but, you know, it'll go up today. Uh, anyways, we're going to talk about the um, Ionic 5 experience that Forrest has had, and uh, we're just going to talk, basically wrap up the 2021, what were some of the best cars, some of the worst cars, and uh, just going to talk cars and have a good time on this holiday. And then next week, we'll talk about next year yeah which yeah. will be the current year <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining us um and let's jump right in previously um forrest had mentioned on a previous episode that he was about to get an ionic 5 to effectively take all the way to dallas so forrest tell us about that experience oh well so i drove it about 1400 miles and stopped about nine times to charge, nine or ten so times to charge. This was a Ionic 5 limited big wheel, all wheel drive, right? Correct. With, you know, that's the biggest battery pack they offer, which is about 77 point something. Yep. yep. Um, and it was me, my wife, my dog, full luggage. So, you know, and then the temperature fluctuated, but it went anywhere from 74 degrees when we left, got as low as 28. 28 low. Yeah, I mean, that's cold. It's pretty cold, yeah. It didn't snow or rain or anything. It was pretty dry all, all the entire way, but it just got cold. So the first trip when I left, I got the most charge. And I think that was 194 miles with like 10 or 11 remaining. So that would have been like, what, 200 and... Yeah, so so I guess when you left, the winds were probably behind you. Uh -huh. Yeah, so you probably had a wind advantage, uh, but you were starting at sea level. So do you know if you gained elevation throughout that drive? We did. The first drive, I had to go up 
uh, like going from San Diego to like Yuma. Mm-hmm. You have to go, you have to basically climb this huge mountain and then you're up there for a bit and then you go back down the other side into just flat land and then you go into Yuma and then right after Yuma, you're in Arizona. And so, you know, you also went down, it can charge, but I guess here before we even talk about the range numbers and how your trip went, we should mention, so Ionic 5 is like 300, 305 mile rear wheel drive. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's 256 all-wheel drive, like a massive yeah. difference in this all-wheel drive. And to me, it doesn't really make sense because uh the front motor disconnects when driving. And you would think, okay, well, maybe EPA doesn't test the cars in eco mode. They don't, they test them in key up setting. One of the reasons Tycons have never done well in EPA tests. However, even in normal mode under light throttle, the front motor is disconnected. So mm-hmm. uh there's almost no reason that I think of that there's that much of a difference. For example, ID4, similar system. It uses a, um, you know, basically a SRI motor up front, an induction motor, so it can physically shut off without needing to disconnect. Only loses 10 miles of range going to all-wheel drive. This loses yep. 40, 50 yeah. miles, and it's just hauling around that extra weight. Did you happen to ask Hyundai about this? Do you know why that's the case? <laughs> So I didn't have to ask Hyundai, but once they saw the video of how I was disappointed in the worst trip that I got. So the worst full charge that I experienced was, is about 180 miles. And then with 10 miles remaining, so about a hundred I think it was like 183 to be exact. So it would have done 193 according to the car before I just fully died. And I was like, man, that's super unacceptable considering, you know, 256 EPA and, and also to be fair, I'm keeping in mind the Kona Electric, which was phenomenal. I did over EPA in that multiple times, easily. It, it was just such a good car. Yeah, same and here. I would consistently see 290, 300 on a full charge on the gasometer. meter. And I was like, there's zero way Hyundai can get the Kona Electric, which is essentially a gas platform. They were like, hey, let's make an electric version afterthought kind of thing. I'm sure they thought about it in, in – in some form or fashion, but you know what I mean? Then they go like four or five years later, full electric platform, ground up, completely optimized for an electric setup. And you're only putting out 256 miles. And even worse than that, I'm seeing way less in real world. Now, granted, we had people and stuff and a dog and it was cold, but still I expected it to at least do like 230 in those conditions, to be honest, that's kind of yeah, what I was expecting. Would be exactly where I would think the car would come in. Because you also, we haven't mentioned, but you and I spoke about this. You were just driving at 70. You weren't going fast. No. I So I had it on 70 miles per hour, cruise control. So like technically the computer was working out the most efficient way to drive. It was an eco mode the entire trip. And I only had the fan speed to one. And when it got cold, I didn't even turn the heat up. I turned on the heated seats because that didn't seem to hit my range when I would push the fan up and down, you would physically see the range drop like anywhere from uh, like three to 10 miles, depending on how high you're blasting the air. So I kept it at one. I mean, everything was pretty much optimized. Uh, Hyundai did reach out to me after I posted the video and they were like, Hey, so uh, we had some questions about your video and you know, most cars do lose range in the colds and all this stuff. And I think, they're telling me all the reasons why the Ionic 5 is better than I think it is. And none of it 
equated to none of it made sense as to why I was getting the range I was getting. I was like, I understand that you're quite efficient for a 77 kilowatt hour pack. Apparently. Um, I understand that the Ionic five isn't as aerodynamic. I understand that you maximized interior interior, like cargo volume and like all this other stuff. I'm just like, and I understand the car charges fast, right? I get it. But my thing was why in the world would you not maximize range over interior space? Or why would you let your car be like, according to them, it was like decently less aerodynamic than like a Mach-E or a Model Y. And then on top of that, um, I was like, the fast charging did me no good personally, because to make it to the next station, I had to charge to 100%. Now, granted, I got to 100% faster than probably like a Mach-E or a Model Y, depending on what charger you stop at. Um, but I still had to charge to 100%. So I didn't really get to take advantage of the 18 minute, zero to 80% thing, because most of the, there's one charger that was like 190 miles away. And I had to just really focus on when I was seeing any sort of downhill, I would hit the brake, turn off cruise control and pull the regen paddle all the way to zero and coast as far as I could and yep. turn cruise control back on. Like I was really after it, dude. Uh, yeah. So, so I guess this brings up some concerns because um, I think as a car, you and I can both agree that it's amazing and it's fun mm -hmm. and it drives yeah. great and there's plenty of room and I think it looks amazing. Um, mm -hmm. But in practicality, the range is a concern. And this is the same thing we've heard from our European car reviewing colleagues that have mentioned thermal issues and range issues on the car. Now, um, to be fair, uh, and not defending Hyundai in any way, you mm -hmm. had the least efficient configuration on yeah. big mm -hmm. wheel, all wheel drive. Mm -hmm. I think I really want to test a rear wheel drive on the aero wheels yep. and put it up against a rear wheel drive base ID four run them yeah. on the same stretch of road doesn't need to be at 70 just mm -hmm. both cars back to back and yeah see if it truly does go farther i'd also like to add an all-wheel drive ionic 5 just to see is it actually that big of a range difference in real world yeah because at the end of the day uh i think the rear motor is the same on both cars although hyundai was saying that they optimized the inverters for this that the other thing it doesn't mean 50 miles of range difference look a loose no. air makes 1100 horsepower and still is very efficient. So the power to efficiency doesn't work like a combustion car no. um, where you're hauling around extra cylinders for more power and it, you, yeah. efficiency. you can still get good efficiency with good power. Yeah. Um, it's a big concern about Ionic five. It really is. But overall, aside from the range, um, which we're going to dig into next year, perhaps you can help us too. If we do some range. Yeah. Testing, what, what was your impression of the car and the charging experience? So I like the car. Um, I think most of my frustrations with it come from a place of disappointment. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, Hyundai. It's like your parents say. Like, I, I totally get that saying now because you have this high expectation. You have this, like, I've seen what you can do. I know you're capable of making what, honestly, I thought was going to be one of the best electric cars on sale, like, no reason to buy a Model Y, just get an Ionic 5. That was kind of what I was expecting to say, basically, in the review. And I think when that didn't happen, I was super frustrated. I was like, dude, Hyundai could have had, like, the best EV. And it still has lots of advantages. Like, 
you know, you get the federal tax credit. It comes with two years of free charging through Electrify America. And it's like 30 minute sessions. So like you could charge 30 minutes, unplug, plug in, free session again, 30 minutes, unlimited is what I read. So that's pretty good. And like, those are great advantages. The charging was pretty fast. Um, so during the Christmas weekend, at least in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, where I was, it was 84 degrees. Dude. Like it was hot. So in those temps, it was charging like, uh, I think the fastest I saw from 10% to 80% was like 14 minutes is what the car said. And I was like, oh shoot, that's like a little bit faster than like what they said. It was fast. And even like past 80%, I think it was still charging at like 40 kilowatts, 45 kilowatts, I believe I saw at like 87%. So it was still juicing up pretty fast, um, pretty much all the way through. And I think the highest I personally saw was 232 kilowatts. It may have hit more in some areas, but as in terms of like when I was paying attention to like how many kilowatts it was pushing, that was the highest I saw. That's still, pretty impressive. I mean, yeah. 230 kilowatts is great. Look, Model 3, Model Y will peak at 250, but they don't hold it nearly as long as yeah. the 235 kilowatt, I think, advertised peak of Ionic 5. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think on major metropolitan travel areas, the New York to Miami, the LA to San Francisco, the not to the middle of Texas routes, the efficiency doesn't matter as much because A, free charging, and B, the stations are 60 to 70 miles apart. So you go, you know, you pull in load, you charge it to 50%, you drive it at 85, 90 miles an hour to the next charger, yeah. and you do it that way, and the charging speed offsets efficiency. But it does bring up a good point that we can't ignore range because there's still massive parts of this country without, um, you know, serious infrastructure. For me, an, exa an example is I can't actually go to Salt Lake City from my house in an electric car other than a Tesla. Yeah. Without having to go all the way down to Denver, across the mountains, and back up because I 80, there's no chargers. So, this is still a big, big situation. And, um, but interesting to hear your thoughts on Ionic 5. I mean, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I think you're the first one to ever road trip one in the US. I, I believe so. Um, I've seen many road trips. Like, I watched a lot of videos on, um, from everyone from like the UK or over across seas. And, yep. I think they were getting like roughly the same. Like there was one video where this dude drove in like 55 degrees. So it was kind of rainy and he got like 180 out of it. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I was like, that's crazy to me. I don't know. And it's funny cause the wheels are big, but it's not like they're super unaerodynamic wheels. Cause like when you look at them, it's pretty flat. It's got like the black stuff in the middle with that crazy design, but there's not really many like holes in the wheel. It's pretty aerodynamic ish, but I think the size is more what's causing the issue. Right. And tired with the width as well. I don't remember exactly what they're on, but like Maki's on like two fifteens or two twenty fives, little bicycle tires. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's you know shaped arrow. The the big question is is it arrow or is it mechanical inefficiencies? And that's what I think we need to figure out because yeah. it sounds like too much of a hit to even be arrow. The big question is going to be EV six. When we line these two up next to each other, is the EV6 going to go significantly farther? Because if that's the case, then it's arrow. Yeah, is can you still see me or no? Yep. Yep. You can. Okay. I'm looking up. What is the weight of Mach E? I'm looking that up. Oh, so Mach E <laughs> weight. Okay, it says Mach E 4394 to 49. So max is out of like five grand ish. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm going to look up Ionic 4 weight, Ionic, or Ionic 5 weight. Yeah, it's pretty similar. 
So Ionic Five is less heavier. Yeah, it's yeah, forty-two yeah. to forty-six. The forty-six. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's one person difference, though. Yeah. So it's not huge. Not and huge. then model Y weight is what? It just says four, five, five, five. It doesn't have It's like hard a, to go off model Y because they run those cars in a different EPA oh. test, though. Oh. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so Tesla runs five cycle. Everyone else runs two cycle. Yeah. And, it, uh, it, it has to be the motors then, man. That's the only thing left that I can think of, like whatever motors they're using. Yeah, there's got to be something more going on here, but... Um, no, interesting. I'm looking forward to road tripping one and uh, seeing if we find similar things that you did. Uh, I'm really concerned about the charging temperature controls uh, on multiple rapid chargers. You had a chance where you had 100 plus miles between chargers to let mm -hmm. the thing cool down. Um, on some of the routes I plan to take the car on, it's going to be a lot of that zero to 50 percent hard driving. Plug it back in. I don't know if it's going to be able to handle that kind of uh, quickness because i actually overheated yeah. the kia ev6 on the autobahn driving like that i overheated every ev but you know that happened fairly quickly in that car yeah it's also interesting though because i ran that car for 26 hours straight without turning it off so yeah it, it held up pretty good in that regard but i mean yeah I but think you're that... doing big distances between chargers so there's plenty of time yeah. for the cool itself that's true it's true um yeah, I think the worst one I saw was, and of course it could have been due to the station, but I think they were also saying really cold temps affect your charging speeds, like you won't get as advertised. Yeah, because it doesn't precondition for chargers right now. Gotcha. So the worst I saw was it took us almost two hours at one station because it was 45 minutes to get to 80%, and we were at like uh, 8% or 6%. And then from there, it was like another 50 minutes to get back up to a hundred percent, which once again, we needed to get to, to make it to the next station. Wild. That sounds like a totally different experience than what we were hoping for. With I know. Uh, I can't, I can't get over it. Yeah. That was because my wife and I, we don't have a car right now. So we've been looking for cars to get. And I was like, I was pushing hard for that car. I was like, this is going to be one of the ones that's going to be like at the top of our list. And honestly, I thought me having it for that long was just going to be more confirmation that this is the car I was going to get. Hmm. So, and, and not the case now. So what? where's your head at? Yeah. What you're thinking? Oh, like what I want to get? Yeah. Uh, that's tough, man. I want it to be electric. And I think, I don't know. If I had to, only because of our, our situation, right? So we, we drive a lot. Um, we do drive to Texas once a year, so we have to make that trip once a year. And just based off of all the EVs I've been in, if I had to choose one that made the most sense, I honestly probably have to go Tesla. I wouldn't like be mega happy about it though. Why is that? Just because like, especially out here in SoCal, dude, there's so many and, <laughs> and like you can't differentiate yourself from like anyone. So I think like having the, the EVs from like the other automakers is kind of cool in the fact that like it's different, but like other automakers aside, I mean, unless you're going to spend over like a hundred grand for like a Lucid or something. Um, yeah. Or even like maybe, maybe a Rivian, but I haven't driven it long enough to see if it's even that good in real world, you know? Well, it's uh, going to be very inefficient. We can guess that. Oh, for sure. Especially if you get like the, bigger tire option, you know, <laughs> yeah. which you need to get the 20 inch all terrains. I'm sorry. Yes. And you so sure you don't like the sport wheels, Mike. Oh, I do. But I figure if I'm going to buy a Rivian, I'm going to plan to off-road it a little yeah. bit. 
So I'm just going to want the all-terrain. But Same. I do think the Fair 22s enough. look really good. I do. I do. If you're not going to take it off-road and you just you know want something yeah. that looks cool, if they look great. Slammed on Ball 22s, frog. baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, that trip really, like, made me realize how, like, as much as people hate on Tesla, like, they really do have their charging infrastructure down. It is nice that you can just pretty much navigate. I mean, you own one, so you can tell me if I'm right about most of this stuff. But you could, like, navigate – in the car's navigation, it pretty much tells you like where to go, what route to take, how much to charge to, and all that stuff, right? Yep. So that's mega convenient. Well, uh, so that we're starting to see more of that. Some notable examples are the Mercedes system. Uh, MBUX does a really good job of charging yeah. state routing. It'll even tell you how many people are at the Electrify America station and tell you what's online. And so that's good. Yeah. Uh, Polestar 2 and XC40 Recharge, pretty good as well. Both of those systems can't do huge distances, though. Uh, the Tesla yep. can route you across the country without even thinking about it. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing is like, you know, with the Mercedes, once again, at that $100,000 mark, the Polestar yeah. is good, but I think the Polestar would probably see the same, maybe worse range than Ionic 5. Probably I don't know. Worse range. Yeah, so. It's very inefficient. That wouldn't be an option for me at all because of that. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just hard because there are a lot of good EVs out there but they're not perfect. And I don't think we'll get a perfect EV, but I think the closest to perfect right now would honestly would have to be a Tesla other than the fact that like, I wish there was more character to a lot of the cars. I think the move is model S long range, non plaid, my opinion. Um, yeah. Cause that's like what? Yep, three seventy sure. something fast. It goes really far in a charge over 400 miles. Yeah. It's over 400 rated EPA, yeah. which is going to be like 300 real world. Yeah. And like that, whatever, just drive. <laughs> and the charging curve's not amazing, but on a trip, you charge it to 50%. And there's superchargers everywhere. It's a hatchback. It still is the best looking EV on sale, I think. Um, yeah. Maybe other than Tycoon. But... Yeah, I agree, dude. I think I think the Model S long range non-plat is such a good car. I, I saw lots of videos lately on the Lucid, which looks really cool. I'm just curious. I'm just, I'm just curious about the car in every regard, just because they're so new. Yeah, I haven't spent any time with it yet. I mean, I drove it for 16 minutes, and that's my experience. And as you and I both know, it's great to drive a car once and get initial impressions. But like you found with Ionic 5, when you spend time with it, <clears throat> things pop up. And no journalists have been loaned the Lucid uh, for an extended period of time, other than outlets, I think, that have done paid media deals with Lucid in the past. Um, yeah. So I don't think there's ever been a true independent test of yeah. Lucid there. For a long time. I'd be, I'd be very curious to see that. And then, and then, like it's, it goes without saying, like you know, they're gonna have to work their way through whatever kinks are gonna come across in the Lucid. Every manufacturer has them, yep. especially yep. when you're starting out. But it all comes down to how they fix those things. Yeah, yeah, you know, and how quickly um, they can address it with the software update if it can be a software update. Yeah, like for example, my Tesla broke right as it hit a hundred thousand miles, and so it. <laughs> It has like a drive unit failure. The, the motors are still under warranty. And that's what it shows. It shows like parking brake failure. It kills autopilot and the motor starts doing some wonky stuff. I call, I scheduled a service appointment in the app. They said, hey, we're sending a new firmware to your car. Download it, install it, boom, and see if it happens. Well, uh, it hasn't up until today. I just got a text because Alyssa was heading out. And uh, yes, so it just came back. But at least they attempted to fix it through software and we're trying to save me a visit from going into the service center because I hate bringing cars in for service. I don't know anyone who enjoys that. 
And um, yeah, I mean, dealing with Tesla service sucks, but that was a great experience. I, my first one. Nice. Yeah, so, it's important. yeah. So it's interesting. I guess to to kind of wrap that up, it seems like Ionic Five is a great city car, but we were all expecting it to also be good on road trips, and that's kind of not the initial impression. But we'll do more testing. But in the city, I would love to have that car. I would also have oh, that yeah. car to do road trips with. Basically, you, you wouldn't like the challenge. Uh, some people would, you would. Yeah. <laughs> See, the range doesn't scare me about the car. I'm not like, that doesn't even doesn't yeah. take anything away from me. No, no, no. It, it's not an issue. It's more, it's more inconvenience than anything because once we got to Dallas, right. So we were still, or once we got to Fort Worth, we had to see so many family and friends and everyone had us go to Dallas, which is like 45 minutes away from Fort Worth where we were staying in downtown Fort Worth. And so it would be like 45 50 miles by the time we drove out there, we would drive to go somewhere to eat, drive to see another friend and then drive back. So that was like 110, 115 miles. And then we'd have to do the same thing again the next day. And I'm like, okay, I can't do that again with 75 miles remaining. So I have to charge back up again. And we pretty much had to charge every single day. That was just the, that was just the inconvenience. That's true. But I was also thinking about that. Like there are a lot of people who like do very well for themselves and buy electric cars that live in like condos, lofts, yep. apartments. And I'm just like, dang, it just sucks. Cause like you're pretty much excluding most of those people who have to rely on what the car can do just on that one charge, you know? Yes. It really is one of the largest problems to EVs is charging in general. Uh, the yeah. cars are great. I think, I think the cars are yeah. fun and cool. Oh, the range issue becomes less of a problem with the more charging opportunities that you have. And I yeah. think we need a huge focus on level two overnight charging uh, for, for urban areas, as well as DC fast chargers in rural areas. And so, um, yeah. yeah, basically the use cases that you would think would be the opposite. But yeah. Need to happen. yeah. Especially considering EVs were made more for like <laughs> urban dwellers. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, look, I, we live pretty much, we're the last town before Wyoming here in our Tesla and we've never had an issue and we've taken it up to Montana. We've gone everywhere with that car. Yeah. And so it's possible. Uh, but I'm, yeah, anyway, we can move on from that, but that's interesting. I am very much looking forward to spending more time with Ionic five uh, this coming year, but yeah, it doesn't seem like a great, um, it seems like a, a road tripper with trade-offs and the trade-off is range. Yeah, it was comfortable though. And it got more looks than I think most vehicles I've been in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised. It looks oh, like the 80s rolling down the road. Oh, dude, people were like, that's a Hyundai. And it's just like, <laughs> and I was, it, dude, it broke my heart when they were like, how is it? Because you can tell like, <laughs> the excitement in their eyes was, was like so genuine. And I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, just don't take it on long trips. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it was, it was fantastic. Like I really did enjoy driving it, like coming, getting into the Santa Fe I'm in now. Uh, you don't realize how much of a luxury range is when you get into something like that Santa Fe hybrid and you see 584 miles left on your tank. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Hold on. I got to plug my laptop in. It's about to die. Sure. Jordan, you can bring us to the next one. Yeah. So uh, we're going to switch to basically talk about um, what our best cars and maybe worst cars were of the year. Kind of a year like look back. Um, so I guess, Kyle, if you want to start, we've had a lot of cars this year, like, a ton yeah so it's hard to even think of all of them like we didn't really 
we don't have like a single spreadsheet of like this is every single car. Next year we'll next starting. year we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> that last year we're starting. Now we're starting it this year next year. Um, so yeah, what and yeah, it can be genuinely the best car and the worst car, or even like what was a surprise? Like what did you get into thinking this is going to be awesome, and then after driving it, you're like, wow, never driving that again. Oh yeah, well I think we can start off easily with the worst car being the MX30, and it, not everything about it was bad, but it just had like a, it's like a non-starter in terms of range and charging when factoring price and then use case, and it wasn't that quirky enough to justify being bad. Like it didn't have a sense of personality in my opinion, and it was front-wheel drive, and I'm just like this is all not working. Uh, meanwhile, my smart car, which actually costs about the same, has less than half the range of the mx30 is actually way better because it's worse if that makes sense that's <laughs> <laughs> a personality um so and you also went to europe and yes like so something like the honda e and the mx30 yeah they're like they're kind of comparable but the e has so much personality the honda e is where it's at because <laughs> yeah personality it's so fun and it's rear wheel drive which means i was driving around munich and then like oh green light and it makes so much torque at zero and you can drift it around and it had fish tank going on the screen and you could feed the fish in the fish tank it was the coolest thing ever and it had great turning radius it charged terribly it had no range it was horribly inefficient uh but it drove really well and i loved everything about that car perfect daily driver expensive very i think it's like 50 grand us equivalent wow but very Jeez. expensive uh, and and just really awesome. So loved that car. Uh, some notable cars that stuck out to me this year. Hmm. Uh, new Supra, surprisingly rowdy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, surprisingly rowdy, but no manual. Nope. So that's kind of a bummer. Um, really enjoyed that car, actually. The uh, Tycons, spent a lot of time in Tycons this year. Very impressive car. Actually, exactly one year ago today, we were ripping across the country setting the uh electric cannonball record oh yeah which was pretty cool and uh now that's been broken of course by a model s and so uh model s long range on plaid model s long range <laughs> uh but you know really interesting to see how far electrify america's come from them i think they're seriously much more reliable not to say they're perfect there's some issues like my dad had some issues at a station this week but um i think I feel very comfortable rolling up to a station knowing I can charge these days. Uh, although they're mad at me, they just said, you know, my tweets were too mean to them and they're mad. I, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I feel like we, I try and give them accurate coverage. I don't know. Um, so everything with uh, Tycon was great. The Euro tour was amazing with the cross Turismo going around the Nürburgring. Really fun. Um, yeah. Just an amazing year of cars. What was a surprise? I guess that's a good question um i honestly hmm, thought I the, so we have the nissan frontier and the pathfinder frontier and really good nissan has been a brand that we've struggled to be super happy about in the recent years um partially because they've gone feels like decades without really updating them and now they finally are updating everything yeah just like at once they said yeah. we're doing it all they're like okay we heard you everything's fixed <laughs> and genuinely the frontier and pathfinder were both really impressive but that was kind of a surprise for me i think and then the contra uh, on the other side of that is infinity still being not great <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> that, they just kind of left infinity on the side of the road good luck i don't know what they're doing with infinity in my opinion infinity should be okay screw everything we're going all electric yeah, our you know 
centerpiece car. Uh, Infinity will spearhead Nissan's electric movement, um, but it's not happening. And um, even Aria is delayed. So I don't know what they're doing with EVs, but their combustion cars are getting really good. However, I don't think they're as good as Hyundai Kia stuff no. as, a, as a whole in each class. Uh, Hyundai Kia stuff, I think, is really good. Like the new Elantra was surprisingly awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, I think that might be a, a big surprise of the year. New Elantra, Sorento was good. Mike, you had that car too. Um, yeah, the Sorento Hybrid would be my biggest surprise of the year and how much I actually like that car. I just uh, I liked everything about it. It was comfortable. And the USB port in the mileage. seats. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great family car. If you need a three-row SUV that gets amazing efficiency, I mean, that's a, that's the one to get. And it was pretty inexpensive. I think the maxed out one was only $37,000. I think new S-Class would be a highlight for me. Oh, Not yeah. the EQS, but the full-on S580. Yeah. S class was fantastic. Um, it was it was cool too. I liked all the. I mean, naturally, we do a lot of comparisons, whether we or not we film it or document it. But in our heads, we're comparing things, and so having the two supers at once, <clears throat> the four cylinder, the six cylinder, yep. seeing how I liked the four cylinder a lot more than I expected. I would still be more happy with the six, but the four was like a great contender, especially at the price point. And that's a great four cylinder. Yeah, it's fantastic. You just need a tune, a chip tune, and you're all good. Yeah, but I overheated it, so I don't know the thermal it's, it's capacity. Not, with it's the not tune. a track weapon. Right. Um, it's you, an autocross weapon. Yeah, yeah. But um, on track, we had them both on track, and six cylinder was way better. <laughs> six cylinder was just sideways the <laughs> <Yeah>. entire time. <laughs> Along those lines, it's like the uh, you know experiencing the S class and being like, okay, this is peak car in so many ways. And then when I was with Forrest, we had the Rolls Royce Ghost, and it was like amazing in so many ways. But I would still prefer the S class for less than a third of the cost. I agree. The S class is yeah. the package. I mean, look, it's been the car for <laughs> the last sixty years or whatever. It's been for a reason. It's they built the best possible thing that they can just stamp out. And it's still interesting. And something about driving one and just seeing that three-pointed star physically standing up off the hood makes you feel a little bit better than everyone else. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) A little bit better is accurate because it's like it looks so much like every other Mercedes. You're just like, oh, that one's longer. It must be the S-Class. Yeah, it's just a little bit. But it's not like, oh, it's a Rolls, right? Like where you're like, let me just impale you with my spirit of ecstasy. Right. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's classy. Loved the engine, loved the mild hybrid system. That Uh was my biggest surprise of the year. I thought I would like EQS more than Mm S 580. When I drove the EQS, I think I said that. And then I got into the new S class. I was like, Oh, that's, that's the car. Yeah. (laughs) EQS is great. And I think a lot of people overlook it because they look at it uh, <laughs> <laughs> walk up to it like this yeah get inside without looking at the outside and you'll be like wow this is a great car. did you see doug reviewed the same car we had yeah why are they giving the worst spec to everyone i don't know <laughs> and he thought it looked okay so yeah. I, doug's broken um doug's broken. <laughs> anyway um so what isn't really a surprise i think um was the, yeah tycon like you said especially gts and then also the rivian which I was nervous about both those cars because they were so hyped up in my mind. I was scared to like experience them, but just finding out that they are genuinely great. Now we haven't done Rivian on all of our tests. Like we haven't done our independent testing necessarily. We That'll just did, be next year. We just did their yeah. kind of route on the first mile event and still loved it. Like had a great time, but I'm looking forward to spending more time in that truck 
and especially seeing the R1S. There were some one thing I think was missing from the Rivian experience was it was comfortable, mm -hmm. but it didn't like when you get into a Range Rover or you get in even to this Grand Wagoneer that we're driving this week and you hit a bump, you feel like you're driving something that weighs like a little bit less than Pluto, but not by much. <laughs> and the Rivian didn't give me this sense of extreme weight and waftiness and solidity mm. it didn't feel like it was carved from one if you will there was a couple little rattles and i know it was a pre-production truck yeah. that was being thrashed off road and they were replacing them with new trucks right because those yeah. were like hand-built pro whatever they were yeah, i don't they know were, they were on the last legs and one broke while we were on the event yeah like, so, so. <laughs> and, and we can't judge them based off of that because that's just like these are not representative of a production vehicle yeah. someone would buy um but that's my biggest concern going with the Rivian is, is it going to have that Range Rover waft? Which I'm excited to see because I, I think that could be improved. And maybe our, the trucks we drove were, that we know they were kind of older. They were, you know, proof of concepts. Yeah. And we were kind of off-road. And we never really got that much street time with it. No, only like a half a mile on pavement. Yeah. So I'm excited to like put it through daily driving and road trips and see how it does because i think it's really a contender on paper and even from our limited experience it's a contender um mm -hmm. so i'm just super excited about that company and i'm keeping an eye on them i you know we have to stay pretty neutral and like i want every company to succeed because i want like for said tesla is the default right now like it just works and i want all the other companies to get to that point so that people can choose cars based on character rather than can it charge yeah that's the thing it's like we're not even evaluating cars when people are buying evs we're evaluating ownership experiences and that's mm -hmm. something that we've never had to do in the combustion car space for example m5s notoriously and traditionally have always had the tiniest fuel tank like 10 gallon fuel tanks <laughs> in a v10 m5 that gets six miles to the gallon but no one ever mentioned that into their review because you just stop at the fueling station, whatever. Yeah. In an electric car, that is a drastic difference to your ownership experience uh, is how quick can it charge? What network are you charging on? Um, and what is your range? And yeah. so EVs have been this, like, I can't wait till we can start reviewing the cars and not so much all the other stuff that comes with it. Yeah, I mean, MX-30... Yeah. Prime example, you shredded up Angel's Crest, couldn't make it that far. No, I had to go halfway because I was going to run out. And then you got back to the bottom and charged at 35 kilowatts. I knew it was going to be bad, so I put in some buffer time, but I didn't know it was going to be so bad. And I literally <laughs> ran into the airport and I said, Mazda, I can't bring the car back to you. Like, I'm just going to leave it at the airport. I'm putting the keys on the tire. And they had someone over there because they did not <laughs> like that idea. But I'm like, no one's going to want to steal this thing. Trust me. And so... <laughs> Not going very far. But no one's going to take it. And if they do, it's going to have three miles of range. Yeah. And uh, yeah, anyway, we got it all sorted and I got it back to them with plenty of buffer for them to get to a charger. But yeah, just just that was bad. Yeah. And that shouldn't be the review, right? And that wasn't the review of the car. I didn't make that the case. What I made the case was I, I wish the, the product had more passion mm -hmm. uh, from the engineering side and not so much the the I can deal with a bad EV. I drive a smart car. <laughs> <laughs> But but I love the passion in that car. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. um, like GTS Sport Turismo changed my mind on Tycon because I wasn't exactly sold. But well, because you drove the worst. I, yeah, first. I drove a base <laughs> for Cross Turismo, which I still enjoyed. And it was amazing how many looks you get in that car. 
even um, on the the Russian spec arrow wheels. Yeah, yeah, really rough. <laughs> and but I, I still liked it. But then experiencing Sport Turismo, I was like, oh, I love this way more than Plaid. So Forrest, you also drove the GTS Sport Turismo. Uh, Mike and I have not yet driven it. Nope. Uh, Mike owns a Taycan though. They have a rear wheel drive. Uh, what do you small think? battery? Yeah, that's the mm. enthusiast spec. Wait, <laughs> wait. Uh, Forrest, what do you think of the Sport Turismo version? Oh, dude, I loved it. I actually reached out to, you know, it's funny, based off of what I was sort of experiencing, because I had the Ionic 5 for about a week before we took it on the trip. And based off of what I was experiencing that week, I had a feeling it wasn't going to go too well. So I reached out to Calvin at at, uh, at Porsche, and I was like, hey, um, do you have any Tycons lying around that I can just road trip out to Texas? And he's like, dude, if you would have asked me, like, a few days ago, I would have had something for you. It's like, dang it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, dude, uh, Sport Turismo is incredible, dude. It's oh, so fun. Donuts in it? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you were ripping it. Oh, dude. it's in fast motion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I had to speed it up. <laughs> but, awesome. um, I love yeah, that first comment. Whip that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Yeah, it was great. It, it handled really well. Um, I mean, all this, the steering and the feedback, it's it's the best currently in any EV, hands down. Totally. Um, it, it just has that. I mean, you know how Porsche, especially when you have the Alcantara wheel, you feel those little tiny, like, vibrations in, like, your fingertips. Yep. It's just like, dude. Wheel. Yeah, man. Like, I don't like the feel of the wheel, and I wouldn't ever buy one because I think it would wear really horribly. That's what but, I But when you do use them, like, they are nice to use. I just wouldn't so own it. I'm just going like back that. and forth on this because I'm specking my Tycon for this year, which hopefully I'll take delivery of before the end of the year, but depends on production shortages. Because I also want to go over and watch it be built and do all this thing if as long as COVID situation goes well. Yeah. I'm going to do a paint to sample. I want to talk about the process. Uh, I'm going to go full Porsche and talk about my deviated color stitching at every car oh, and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the race tech's wheel is interesting. I hated the idea until I lived with it for almost a month or three weeks in Europe yeah. and noticed nowhere. And then when I brought it back, the Porsche guy showed me that you just literally wipe it with a cloth and it comes back brand new. And they have like, cars that have been ragged on for like eight years with this and they're still brand new and i was so impressed because it's not alcantara it's like their own fabric that just doesn't care i want one in the auto that's impressive because if that's the case then i would all the way opt for that wheel yes and it's standard yes yeah and it's dude and if you're gonna track that thing like wearing gloves and having that level of grip with that wheel is like amazing yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan overall of, of Sport Turismo in my mind, but I have yet to drive it. So at least it's going to be a long time unless I go over to, to Germany to drive one sooner because um, all those cars are now back in Europe. And, mm. um, so we won't get U.S. spec cars for another six months probably. Yeah. Oh, dude, you'll, you'll, you'll love it hands down. I mean, once after I did those donuts, after I did those donuts and then took it back up the rest of Angeles Crest where it wasn't snowy and icy um, – Oh, dude, it's just, it felt even better than going up before because the tires were all heated up, like the grip levels were higher. And dude, it just, and my wife was in the passenger seat and she does not like when I drive fast. She just doesn't like it, right? Mm -hmm. And she she looks at me while I'm like freaking bombing through Angela's Crest, right? And she's like, she's like, why do I feel like oddly secure 
right now and you're going really fast. And I was like, I was like, right. Which gave me like, which told me like I can drive fast, like even faster. <laughs> the eighteen way, the eighteen way seats, um, they hold you great. It, that's what was. I'm like... too fat for those. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you have them in your car. Yeah, I, I we love the eighteen way seats. Yeah, I think I, you... I personally could live without them, but Ben has very specific preferences. Apparently, yeah, because he doesn't like the seam in the fourteen. Yeah, way the fourteen way seats felt fine to me. Yeah, so I agree. It sounds like someone who works at Porsche. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I think that the Taycan. So after like driving Taycan and Model S, it was like Taycan just felt, even though they're like comparable in size, the Taycan is so sculpted, which means the interior is a little bit smaller, which made you feel more secure in a weird way. And even the Sport Turismo, I, I have to look back and remind myself, oh, I'm really technically in a wagon because it felt more like Cayman just in the yeah. of your seating position. You're like sitting in the car. You're not like above the car. Mm-hmm. And I, I was definitely sold. Um, there's a lot of reasons people might choose Model S, but I, I would sacrifice probably the charging convenience for the the driving feel of a Taycan, even a base Taycan. I, oh, yeah. I realized with that cross turismo we had, it's like, yeah, this isn't the fastest zero to 60. Kyle's Model 3 is faster, but it felt so good on even sort of spirited driving. Yeah. The thing is, I think I think the, the person who goes for the sport turismo is, I mean, the person who appreciates the finer details of automobiling. Yeah motoring or not motoring but electric i don't know whatever you want to call electric it electric motoring yeah electric motoring. motoring yeah yeah and and the person that buys a plaid is just like the hellcat buyer that's gone electric yeah <laughs> yeah but why can't you have both that's my thing i love the plaid and especially now with track mode coming it might solve all my biggest problems with the car and it might be like the ultimate car if they can they can let it you know back some of stuff back some of the stuff off i'd still go for tycon because i just like you mentioned for a seating position steering feel mm-hmm. shape the porsche brand to me it's a car i assimilate with and you know that i feel confident in it's something that appeals to me um but so does model s you know yeah. like when yeah. I, I used to own the model s and it was awesome it was a p100d it was black with white seats i had the arachnids on it it was sick um mike remember how many times we launched that car oh like, yeah million. a lot and uh <laughs> Yeah, and it was the best. And like, why can't you like both? That's what I don't understand. No, yeah, I love both. I yeah. just think I just think it's weird how it's two different buyers, and you have people like us that are just like, oh, well, I would just buy both, or I would just have a car that can do both. Yep. Yeah. You know, but um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's pretty interesting because uh, even if you go, even if they made like a like, I wonder if they're gonna do like a GT. You know, remember how they did the Turbo GT with the. Cayenne. Yep. I wonder if they'll do a turbo GT on the Taycan. I think, I think, um, could be. I think it's possible that we will see like a full track spec version of the Taycan. Dude, that would be, that'd be amazing. I don't think you could call it a GT car because I don't think it would fit with the RF Club Sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be called that. <laughs> we, had to remove, we left one battery cell in there and it goes about a mile. Lightweight. <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> um, but I think there's room for like a sedan. So here's the thing. At this point, why wouldn't you buy a Cross Turismo? So then what, where's the, where, or, or a sport tourism, a wagon version. So where does the sedan fit in? Well, that's gotta be like the sportier one. And so I think they need to have a, yeah, like track pack or some sort of lighter weight, really aggressive, 
uh, tire on that car. Carbon roof, which is not available on Tycon, but it is on Etron GT. Uh, you know, just kind of like spice it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be cool. I think I think whatever they can do in terms of saving weight would be incredible. So, Forrest, um, with your year in review, I wanted to get your, I guess, assessment on. I don't know. Just like what Kyle said, what what surprised you, either good or bad, and what was kind of like the best or worst cars that you had. Um, I, I know the Ionic Five is kind of a surprise, so we can skip that. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was like biggest disappointment for me, just because my 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 hopes were so high for that one. Yeah, um, still sad about it. So <laughs> best best is super hard because I feel like there's different ones in different categories. So I think. Do you drive the Escalade? I did drive the new Escalade with like the, the night vision um, stuff and the augmented reality. Yeah, and then one I had had Super Cruise. Oh yeah. So that was pretty good, uh, but it, it didn't stand out to me. I always forget I drove that one. So really? I think if, oh, if, yeah, if I, I if I can still remember it, then in, in my personal opinion, that, that's what makes it stand out to me. Um, I like that you can get a diesel Escalade. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. I think. Yeah, Dude. I agree. Okay, you know a car always stands out to me for the price and the exotic level. And every single time I get into it, I'm always so excited. Accurate NSX. Mm -hmm. I drove it this year, yellow, even though right? okay. it was red. I got red the red, red twice. Okay. And dude, I just love that car. And like, it's so underrated. And I think it's one of the better like supercars. Interesting. And I'm excited for the Type S. But like, I don't know, dude, I had it for a week and we took it to San Diego and I got like 31 miles per gallon in that thing. Wow. And it's then, a very really complicated car. It is. Yeah. And then you can get, like, if you go into, like, Laguna Beach, right? Let's say you're driving on PCH and you stop and pull off into downtown Laguna Beach uh, where it's just, like, little shops. The car just drops into, like, electric mode. And it's the funniest thing when you drive past people and it's making that little, like, electric hum. And then people look at the car and they're, like, they're so confused. They're, like, wait, is that electric? It's yeah, just, I don't know. It's the coolest thing. Yeah, they're like, I think I saw that car in Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, NSX stood out to me. Um, another one would be, obviously, R1T. R1T was everything. R1T was, like, what I was – R1T was the experience I was hoping to have with Ionic 5. Like, you get there, and you're like, yep, this is, like, exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. And the people yeah. are awesome, and, the like, the people who engineered it, and the mm -hmm. way they present the vehicle, yeah, and the their branding, lifestyle. The yeah. yeah, so I wanted to mention that briefly, um, Tangent. So – I went to with both of you guys to the hub. Um, mm -hmm. Forrest, what did you think of the hub in Venice? It's the hub is cool because it's a, the hub is a cool, like new dealership experience. That's the best way I can explain it. And it's not, a, you can't buy the car from there, but like, it's cool to go there and you can like chill out, have a coffee, do some work, whatever. But then you can also like check out this new brand and like poke around the car without anyone saying, all right, well, um, we're doing a special right now. Do you want to go ahead and like sign some paperwork? We can go yeah. over here, talk some numbers. Yeah. And we, we got to see nice. the gear. We got to see the gear guard in person. Like they had a, well, they locked it. And then like, we got to see the little guy pop up on the, oh, yeah. and he's like looking around with the flashlight. Like they have a great, it's a friendlier version of century. Man. Yes. Tesla yeah. Century, yeah. Like we're watching you like, cause Iron. it's how, right. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. yeah. yeah and it has this like, okay. It's like, what is it called? That a Sasquatch. It's yeah, it's like, like a, a Sasquatch. Type. Yeah. 
It's like a cartoon too. Yeah, it's funny. Very friendly, yeah. (laughs) It's nice. But then do you want friendly if someone's trying to break into your car? Do you want like the message to come across? Like, it'd be funny if he turned, it feels like a cartoon one and he turned into like this, this blood dripping from its teeth, like. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, for sure. Impressive. Yeah, Rivino is super impressive. Um, But obviously holding full judgment for whenever we see like what that real range looks like on the chunky tires. Yeah. Uh, and like mixed with charging and, you know, just like Kyle just said, we have to incorporate the whole experience of what it's like to like live with it. Yeah. And it's hard because we don't necessarily know what that will be yet. Like even once we start getting actual media vehicles and we see them in the wild, they're still not ramping up their, I mean, they're working on their charging infrastructure, their own proprietary one. But it's not mm-hmm. going to be like fully implemented for years, and they're planning all these charging um, stops on like trailheads. Like I love the direction they're going. It all sounds great on paper, but we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, and it'll uh, be interesting to cover their implementation of charging too in areas with low power availability from the grid, things like that. Yeah, I'm trying to think another standout. Okay, the new Raptor. Haven't oh. driven it. Holy <laughs> smokes, dude! It's not like Matt. Like it doesn't feel. Different from the previous one. Obviously, it's like mostly the same, different interior, different exterior, same engine. Um, But dude, that exhaust is everything. If you if you can get over the fact that it does sound like a trombone, like a trombone, like (laughs) filthy tune, like three seventy Z, like (laughs) (laughs) no, but it's a good good trombone. Like three seventy Z is really bad trombone. They're in their first year trying to figure out how to play it, and then Raptors like. Really good grungy trombone. Dude, I, I can't, like, I always reference this moment. Where I was with Jordan, and we're driving under that bridge, and I, like, we were going, like, 70, and for some reason, let me downshift all the way down to, like, third gear, and it's got, like, 10 gears. <laughs> so it was way up in the RPMs. So I downshifted, and it goes, Room, pop, pop, pop. and I was like, holy smokes. And that was, the, <laughs> that was the loudest pop we got out of that thing, and it, like, echoed everywhere. And then after that, I floored it, shift and it's like and it's like dude it's that crazy impression actually that, yeah. i bet that's yeah. what it's like what is it oh shit okay <laughs> get, get into voice acting with the cars yeah. yeah i know a guy who does that uh, <laughs> <laughs> um haven't driven the new raptor but I did it's... drive the trx and enjoyed that but it's not the truck for me i'd go raptor okay yeah. i drove the last raptor obviously quite a bit and uh, enjoyed that yeah, because I know when I did that comparison video, Jordan was here, and um, so he can agree. It's like it's like the TRX has a smaller cabin overall. It doesn't feel as like open. It's a little bit tighter. It's pretty tight for a truck, actually. And then um, the materials in the TRX, though, are like way, way nicer. Um, you get in the Raptor, everything feels a little bit like – I will say the Raptor feels like it'd be easier to clean if you get dust in it. The TRX feels like yeah. the dust it's would like, like cake everywhere. in yeah. – yeah. Well, it's funny because the Raptor had Alcantara, too, but it doesn't seem as like, like the um, – the material doesn't seem as thick. Yeah, the pile's not as thick. Yeah, so it doesn't seem like the dirt would like stick in there as much, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, dude, the Raptor like off-road felt phenomenal. And I think the Raptor sounded better when you were like hauling it on dirt. Because Jordan heard it from the heard both from the outside, so I didn't know what his thoughts on that were. Yeah, I, I enjoyed listening to the TRX a bit more from the outside, but I think the Raptor felt more engaging on the inside. Um, but TRX had a did have a great interior. Like that was surprising for me. Mm-hmm. But I think I would also prefer Raptor. Yeah. Yeah. The Raptor was mega standout to me, which is funny because that was one of the I that would go down as the most surprising because I didn't think it would be 
as good considering it's it feels specs wise it's essentially the same truck with like an inch better everything than trx so yeah. they like they like barely went up the trx in terms of like off-road specs obviously engine specs are way low but and it is nice to see 550 miles on a tank versus 300 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, efficiency yeah. plays a big role into this, right? So, yeah, um, yeah we're going to need a, a working vehicle of some kind. I mean, I use my Sprinter now to tow a whole bunch of stuff. It's a diesel Sprinter, but it can only tow 5,000 pounds, and I kind of max that out often. So going to need gonna need a heavy hauler, perhaps Rivian. Uh, if we can get one this year, would be kind of cool. Um, F-150 Lightning, I don't know. I think I couldn't go for an electric truck. We might need a diesel truck. I really don't know what we're going to do, but yeah. – um, are there any like uh, experiences for us that really stood out to you? Cause uh, sometimes automakers will invite us to come see their vehicle, but then they design like this um, experiential wave around it. Is there, was there any that particularly stood out to you good or bad? Um, oh yes. I think the worst one I <laughs> I experienced was, uh, let me see. Someone's calling me. Sorry. No, you're fine. Someone's calling me. Um, I'm going to decline it for right now. Okay, real quick. Um, the worst I experienced was probably, ah, uh, dude, what was it? This was, I think this was, um, dude. Why can't I remember? I, I mean, I can obviously say the best was Tycon for this year. It was just, it was simple, easy, get there, do the drive. And obviously they highlighted the vehicle like That's perfectly. The Porsche way. Yeah. So there's, there's are always really good, but man, I just had the worst one on my, like right at the tip of my tongue and I lost it. So I'll have to come back to that. You were telling me about, was it Audi? Something was it something in Austin that you went to, or was that this year, or was that last year? Oh, it was Honda. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so it was um, it was the experience with Honda, and it was I didn't realize there were two experiences going on. So there were two events to drive the Civic hatchback, and one was somewhere else. One was in Austin. The Austin one, which is the one I ended up going to, was mainly focused around um, ACL. Do you know what that is? No. Like Austin City Limits. It's like a big music festival. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, um, huge hitters were there. Like, it was, like, Miley Cyrus, uh, like, Jack Harlow, Billie Eilish, Doja Cat. Like, big, big people were there. And so it was ridiculously busy in Austin, dude. Like, it was insane. So we get there, and I'm like, okay, we're staying at this hotel, which is packed because it was, like, five miles from – not even from the venue. So we're there, and the day we drive the car, it was about three hours – and then that was the entire everything surrounding the car. Other than that, it was like, okay, you're going to just go and spend your time at ACL. But I thought, but I've been on other trips where it's like, if you don't want to do that, there's other options. I like can go kayaking or you can go like whatever, like ride a horse. And so I thought this was going to be one of those events. And so they bought everyone all these tickets to go to ACL. And I was like, dude, I'm just not a festival person. Like I yeah. just, I just can't be around that many people. Yeah. I just don't like it. And so that was awkward because literally the entire trip was like 90% ACL, 10% Honda Civic. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I, was telling, I was telling Jordan, I was like, dude, this is the event. Like, I feel like Kyle would just be fuming with. 
with. Oh yeah. I just want to go. Like, <laughs> I tell automakers, I'm like, honestly, if you can just get it to my house before embargo, that's the best thing because I don't yeah. really need the fancy hotel or the first class tickets or whatever that is. Just I I'm here to review your car. And um, yeah, dude, when we go, so I did this Volvo thing in Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> the C40, right? The C40, which honestly, great car, really enjoyed it. The I love it. were amazing. But because it's an international event, they're like, you have to arrive like at this day. And then I sat in a hotel for like 30 hours. And they're like, well, you got to do all these tests. You got to do all that. But I'm like, I was just in Europe like a few weeks ago. I just showed up and then I did my thing and then I went home. I'm like, can I just fly into Belgium and fly home? Like, I don't even need to stay overnight. And they're like, no, we can't let you drive unless you rest. Like, well, I slept on the plane. So whatever. Okay, do the thing. Then I drive the car for literally an hour and a half. And then I have to wait another like 15, 20 hours and in, in Brussels. And then finally I get to go home. So it was a whole week for an hour and a half of driving. Jeez. Yeah. Which I'm That's not complaining about. Like I enjoyed Europe, but like they didn't even give us a car. So it was like, good luck on foot. And I'm like, all right, can I get like a car? To carry? And, like, <laughs> I was just stuck in like this weird part of Belgium for a week and couldn't go anywhere. Wow. Yes. Uh, hey. like, you couldn't have gotten me the car. Like I was just, this was like a few days after I got back from our month long Euro tour. I'm like, I would have just swung over here, driven the car for an hour and a half and then gone home. But yeah. you know, that, I mean, that was a little bit annoying, but like, again, the people were great and we got a lot of good videos out of it, but that's a weird car to spend a week. Yeah. Coverage on. Um, yeah, but one of the best trips I guess would be, yeah, probably another Porsche trip where Calvin, um, Mark Urbano and I, the photographer went, um, off-roading in Tycons here in Colorado. Like we just went nice. to, to spend a whole day off-roading. Yep. That's amazing. It was great. Amazing, dude. Um, well guys, I have to go swap out a car real quick. So perfect. I will have to. Mark anyway. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for us for joining us with the year in recap and, um, happy, New Year to everyone. Yeah, yeah. But we'll talk to Mike for a little bit. Yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah. Get to his stuff. So yeah. we'll see you later, Forrest. All right. See you, Mike. Happy see you, everyone. Happy New Year, guys. Michael Breeling. Yeah, that was Mike. me. What What have you experienced this year, automotive wise? I mean, it could be anything. That's very, <laughs> very vague. Automotive wise. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I bought my mini electric SE. Well, you bought uh, an Nissan, was- right? I, I mean, I bought an e-tron too, and then I ended up selling it back to Audi <laughs> for way more than I paid for it. <laughs> Mike, this is I one am so jealous because now we're looking at e-trons, and they're sixty-five grand used for a Prestige. That's what they put mine out there for. So they gave me sixty for it, which I paid way less than that with all the discounts and everything that they had on it. And then I think they sold it for like 66 or 67. Oh my God. And no wow. sticker was 71 or something like that on the base one. Which so is like they could have just bought a new one. one at sticker, taken the tax credit and would have been ahead of buying. It would have been one. ahead. Yeah. Cause I got the tax credit and built into my lease and everything. So <laughs> Audi made out like a, or Volkswagen made out like a bandit on that yeah, one. Volkswagen <laughs> credit. Very happy with Mike. He will be approved on any car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is now you can't even buy an e-tron. Like you said, you look for them and there's no really one. just no lease deals on them anymore. I mean, there's no lease deals on anything, really. Yeah. Really, um, really. If, if they had like a $5.99 lease with like three grand down or something like that, I'd be like knocking on the Audi dealer right now. And that's not <laughs> even a great deal compared to what you got. So like just. I know with the fam- friends and family discount. Yep. 
was like yeah, ten grand. I think we will get a friend, a friends and family, because my sister bought an Audi this year. She bought yeah a, the Q3, the Q3, which I haven't seen. I have seen, mm-hmm. but we haven't driven. And it's down in Florida. We she bought it here at Ed Carroll Audi in Fort Collins, and then we shipped it to her. Um, we like to support our local dealers when possible. And they gave her such a good deal on that car. Mm-hmm. It was like it was dealer cost during COVID times. They're so good to us. And so I'm sure so if that's we got the type of dealer car, that you want to find because a lot of dealers are trying to take advantage of a lot of customers right now. And those yeah. are the dealers you probably should just avoid if you can. Yeah. So they're not charging over sticker on any new car. Yep. That's um, the way it should be. You should just pay them as repeat. There's sticker. no reason to pay an ADM market adjustment. Yeah, I think uh, if we can just all agree to collectively not pay ADM, uh, then maybe it would help. But here's the thing. It's free market. If they can get yeah. for the car, they can charge it. Like It doesn't oh, bother me that completely. a dealer charges it. Um, I just think it's a good PR move, and I would work with the dealer personally. Again, free market. I can buy the car from whoever I want. I'll go buy yep. the car from the dealer not charging up from MSRP. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't bother me that they charge like they like you said, free market. They can ask whatever they want for a car. Uh, it bothers me that people go out there and just pay it. I know that's the thing. There's an EQS now at this car. There's an EQS in Denver at the Mercedes store with a fifty thousand dollar. Oh, I've ADM. heard about this one. Yeah, and the guy and apparently that customer went out and bought a Lucid instead. Yeah, I want to go <laughs> down there the actually and go film that car and and uh, see what that's that would be kind of cool actually yeah go be like hey why why is it 50 grand and like i'm not mad at the dealer if they can actually make 50 g's on an eqs why wouldn't they they're in i get it you gotta feed people you know at the end of the day they're not getting inventory they got to make money somehow but g wagons with a hundred and fifty thousand dollar markup oh man (laughs) g wagons are worth more now almost double what they were two years ago we it's should have bought so many cars, Mike. We should have bought oh, yeah. threes, Turbo <laughs> S's, G's, E-trons. We should have bought Audi RS3s. Now, no, they're expensive again. Really? You know, they yeah, they were getting down to the point like where you could buy one for like upper 40s, low 50s. Yep. And now they're all like 60 grand or more. Damn. It's insane. So, I mean, you could turn around and flip that car. And so, yeah, I don't don't know what's happening with the new car market. I think Look, in the springtime, after we're done making some winter videos with my Winnebago Revel, I'm going to consider selling it because uh, it's just increasing in value sitting there. And there's no – like I'd be dumb not to sell it if it's gone up $30,000 more than I paid for it. Oh, yeah. I mean I get like why you want it and want to yeah. keep it because, I mean, you use it. And, I mean, it's a great car to have because it just allows you to live wherever you want. Yep. For, but me, at the end of the of day, that will – you know, like we have some big purchases coming up. I have my Tycon. We yep. have Etron or something for Alyssa. Like it's going to get expensive real quick here. That would free up a ton of money and uh, would have made money on it. Definitely a safe purchase with that vehicle. And thanks to General RV for getting me a, what was a $40,000 discount or something like yeah. that? Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there could be an electric version of that van lifestyle, hopefully in the future. At some I don't point, think I'd do it. I do a but yeah, I know because yeah, exactly. I was gonna say with the you need like a generator on board for the electric battery would be cool. So what are the best cars and worst cars you've driven? Because you're around a ton of cars and you buy a ton of cars for your employer, but what how what what's good, what's bad that you were in? So good car. I mean, obviously the Tycon is probably the best car that I've driven this year. Uh Ben's Tycon. Uh 
goes well, you drove a turbo, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I mean the Tycon in general. Oh yeah. Is the best car. But we did drive we had like a day with a Tycon Turbo. And that car would be the one to buy if it wasn't one hundred eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> and it was not like neither of us have driven uh, the Cross Turismo at all. Um, I've not even really? seen one in person. Nope, I've only ever driven the regular Taycan, the sedan. You should come out and uh, drive Logan's. We have to have Logan back on the podcast because we had him on earlier, one of the previous episodes where he talked us through his build, and now he just received delivery and wrapped it that really cool purple color. And- yep. He wrapped the the cladding. And Let's it just do a looks, video with him. Yeah, yeah, we should. Is he local? Yeah, you should do a video. Oh, yeah, yeah. His, we'll his icon looks great because he did wrap the cladding, so it looks really interesting. And it looks four? way better. Uh, four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Big yeah, wheel? I think he got yeah. Big wheels. Good wheels. Yes. Good, good wheels. wheels. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> you can make or break a Tycon with wheels. Yeah. As I think Ben is slowly learning. <laughs> yeah. Well, he last night, he spent all last night looking at wheels. He's like, I think I want to buy wheels for the Tycon. I'm like, it's a lease. Just forget about it. Whatever. But yeah, he already wrapped them. <laughs> yeah. Now he's not sure about that. I don't know. I'm not sure about it, to be honest. Um, as far as like bad cars, I would say I didn't drive too many cars this year um that were new you know i mean i most of the cars i, I i'm in are a couple years old at this point um so it's difficult to judge that like worst car for me um okay i mean that's still still consumer advice because pe- there's a lot of people in the used car market and i get so many questions of people who are like what should i buy Here's my budget. I'm not buying new. And it's like, wow, that opens a whole can of worms because you have every year's models prior. And uh, there's some really- there's room and opportunity for someone to open up a review outlet just for used cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is with used cars, right? So, I mean, I've with my employer, I've been in that business for a while now. And now it's just seeing how expensive used cars have gotten. Like cars that a year ago or a year and a half ago were selling for 14 grand are now $22,000. Like that's just what they're wow. worth. And you get in the car and I don't think it's a it's a $22,000 driving experience, you know. It feels like an old car, like a 20 $14,000, $10,000 car. Yeah. Um, I, I bought my car for 14 and now I've tripled the miles and added 3 years and your employer offered 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> what can, can I trade in my Revel? Uh, we actually could probably appraise it. But don't you not take things with the toilet? Uh, that's what I thought. I think we have to get special approval, and we probably could. But Okay. But anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd be curious what, what, what uh, they would put on my... My it'd, be a, it'd be a longer uh, process. It wouldn't be an instant. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> for sure not. Um, looking forward, though, to next year, like cars that are coming out in the future. I know we didn't really touch on like anything you're looking forward to seeing. Um, I'm always looking forward for the Rivian. I really want to get some seat time in one of those. Um, but the Fisker Ocean is actually on my radar. What? Uh, I'm, are you I'm intrigued. Me? I'm intrigued oh by God. it. What about the Fisker Ocean intrigues you, Michael Breeling? Uh, the California mode is cool. It's going to have allegedly that solar sunroof that can charge the car up to 1,500 miles in a year, apparently, in proper conditions. And it has something called hyper-immersive 
surround sound, which is supposed to be amazing, according to Fisker. So that's the thing, it's all according to Fisker. What and why? Yeah, the big seventeen-inch screen that rotates. Like we'll okay. see. Okay, interesting. I, I, I'm, intri- I'm no, I'm really happy. I'm intrigued about that car. And I mean, if they can come in at the price point of thirty-eight thousand dollars, like the lease of three ninety-nine a month, like that's pretty incredible i don't know what the range is going to be <laughs> probably the range is going to be bad i thought the no, range 300 ish miles range, or the something range numbers were great they just couldn't tell us anything to support where they they pulled those numbers out of a hat so yeah, we're... yeah. <laughs> well, i know you guys have like a little bit <laughs> so do 300 miles how we don't know <laughs> but so okay. yeah but that that intrigues me to see if how good the car could be on paper at least so I want to see. I hope that it's that it's a good car. I mean, that's probably my boss was just talking to me about it the other day, and I forgot about the Fisker Ocean, to be honest. So, it reminded me of it. What about okay? If you're going Fisker Ocean, what's that Vietnamese company? Vinfast. Vinfast. What do you think about them? Vinfast. So, are they going to actually sell cars in America? Yes, that's my that's understanding. The whole, and the, the guy thing, yeah. who runs their sales is like, um, uh, I guess, a viewer of our channel. And he was asking me like what they should do for incentives for pre-orders. And I said, you just should not have pre-orders. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, just yeah. get up to a point where you can produce the car and then take orders. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, don't, don't They probably don't will. Them. He was curious oh, like, sure. what the incentives were. Like, what did Lucid offer pre-order holders? The answer is nothing. And what yeah, did Volkswagen offer? Nothing. They yeah. all get free charging you when you buy have, one. Yeah. Occasionally, manufacturers will send out like little gifts. Like if you order like right away, you'll get like yep. a water bottle and a t-shirt yeah, yeah. in the mail. Rivian, so thank you. Rivian Bronco did that. that. Rivian does that still to this day. A I think that's of... a move. Yeah, I would say something like that. I mean, try and partner with EA, I guess, and offer free charging. You know, yeah, that I think seems you to be a selling to. point. BMW is the only one who's not, right? Yeah, BMW, I don't think, has any partnership with EA at all for anything. And speaking of BMW, I mean, the i4 is actually a pretty intriguing car, too. I just built one the other day, like loaded out, and I thought it was a pretty reasonable price for the performance. I agree. Um, I4 is going to be a really interesting car. And even iX, because that's going to be a big SUV. iX is actually, so we just finished recording our Inside EVs podcast this morning. And I didn't realize iX is coming next month. It's coming in January. Yeah. It's like right around the corner. I didn't, I forgot about it until like a week ago when I just happened to stumble across it on the BMW website. And that's a big SUV that we need. Yeah. I mean, I know. Availability. I know the IX styling is controversial to say the least, but I, I the interior where you're going to spend all the time in the car looks great. I think I, I love mean, the back. I, I'm pretty IX. excited when you I look at that IX from the rear with those clear taillights. It looks so good. Yes, um, I mean the it's front, a Model yeah, weird. competitor. Yeah, I would have it over a Model X just based. I off think the I would too, just based off of you know the photos and initial. Yeah. Well, I've got to sit in it and I played around with it and. Uh, know some of the engineers on it and i know yeah. they did a really good job is my initial <laughs> yeah they took it really seriously i mean it's good yeah. to see bmw finally jumping into the full electrification they, they could have done it as we mentioned years ago when the i3 came out and been way ahead of everybody but they yep. did not so but yeah the i the i4 the ix those two are certainly cars that i'm looking forward to next year or next month, I guess, in the case of the IX. 
Definitely agree. Jordan, what about for you? Like what I'm looking forward to? No. What was your best and worst oh. cars? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of tangented with you earlier. It was, it was really the, the Supra was a highlight, both of them, for their own reasons. And we had them at the same time, which yeah. was really cool. That was great. That yeah. was cool. I'd, I'd love to. And we had the 4 Series, the 430i oh, yeah. at the same, same time, time as well. Yeah. And all BMWs, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was an impressive car. That was one of those cars where it, they unveiled it, and I was like, that's ugly. Not that excited about it. And now it's grown on me so much. And then the C8 has done the opposite, where I'm like already really bored of seeing C8 Corvette. <laughs> yeah, C8 didn't impress I, me at all. Yeah. There's so many people in the market trying to flip C8s. And oh, my it's gosh. just so silly at this the point. ADM and the market is coming down. I mean, I've seen people asking like less and less for them now. So I think that whole train has left the station. But yeah, I'm tired of seeing C8s everywhere. Yeah, so I'm, I'm still very excited when I see a Supra, even though they're becoming more commonplace, which is great. I mean, they should. Uh, they're t- it's a good car. Great they're- daily driver. Hatchback. Yeah. You just can't put the windows down. Yeah. Um, there's yeah a, I heard the buffeting is terrible. There, there's an easy fix for it, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why didn't Toyota just make I don't fix? know, especially with the <laughs> – now they're in their third model year and still haven't fixed it with a piece of plastic that everyone can buy now. So I don't know, but that was great. Rivian was great. Um, actually, uh, one of the more surprising ones was maybe that Genesis G80. That for the hmm. price, that was like, this is a nice car. Car had some presence. Yeah. You roll up in that thing and you're like, whoa. Genesis oh, yeah. styling, by the way, I think is the most like Russian dictator styling you can have. <laughs> Nowadays, yeah, because yeah. all, like, all Mercedes and all Audis look the same now, yeah, they and all, all BMWs. Really, we were behind a brand new A8 in the drive thru. I'm like, uh, it doesn't even look special, yeah. I saw a new pre facelift manufactured test mule S8 the other day in LA and was like, oh, that doesn't even like I, I only knew it was because <laughs> it had four exhaust pipes, and then I was like, I don't think I've seen that strip in the rear bumper before, yeah, but it looked the same as every other one. And it was trash too. It was totally dirty. It was great. They were really testing it. Yeah. Um, Genesis, like Genesis, G80 and GV80 and GV70. Like you see those on the road, and you're like, yeah, that's. So is GV90 a thing, or is 80 the biggest one? Uh, I think 80 is I... the biggest one for now. For yeah. now, there might so... be a three-row SUV one or I a bigger think... one in the future. They really need a They're bigger working one. On it, yeah. Yeah. But but the GV80, the one Tiger Woods crashed because that's how you have to refer to that car forever. <laughs> uh, I was going to say. Genesis should make a Tiger Woods edition. Yeah, and it, and it has <laughs> like seriously side curtain airbags. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a safe car, so yeah. But I saw a GV70 last week in like that matte gray color that they came in with the big week twenty inch sport wheels. That thing looked so wheels. freaking good. Yeah, 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 with all like the dimples in them, like it looked. That so has to good. be the best looking SUV on the market. There's one in the media fleet that we should request because yeah, for uh, the size, is- yeah. Yeah. So, so a lot of cars have great interior or great exterior, and Genesis is currently nailing both. Yep, so. they're top of their game right now. If yeah. you ask me, yeah. I don't know about the GV60. Yeah, is that with the electric that one. Electric one. one. I saw it in person, and it, it was imposing. But it's not nearly as good as the other stuff. What they need is a big ass chrome grill on the front. Yeah. <laughs> I, I That's what the, the GV90 is just going to be all grill. Just all grill, off. baby. Yeah, I'd love to see Genesis take on the Telluride slash Palisade. Uh, that's what all they need to finish their lineup for now. Um, and maybe bring back like a Genesis, you know, coupe. Um, 
Yeah. I don't think they'll bring that back. Probably not. <laughs> Did you see that Genesis coupe that got slammed under that truck? Did you hear about this? No. <laughs> um, there was no. a massive accident where a truck like dragged a Genesis coupe and like ran it over and just demolished the car. And the guy was totally fine. Jeez. It's crazy when you see things like that, like how safe cars are and just how lucky people are. <laughs> yeah, really insane. Yeah, um, I have to say, especially towards the end of this year and going into next year, safety is a much larger thing on my mind. And maybe it's because I'm getting older, but like I don't want to say I'm paranoid, but every time I drive a car, the majority of the time I'm thinking about safety. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing to think about. Um, but I really think it's important to be in a safe car, mm -hmm. which is also yeah. why I would like to buy a Morgan three wheeler this year and have something yes. <laughs> so safe. Yeah. But, but like, you're almost so scared. You're hyper aware in that car. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's other people generally, like I know I've driven with all you guys and we're all safe drivers and, but yeah. agree with the safety thing. Like I bought my V90 because I wanted to feel safe and I just thought it was the coolest looking car available. And it still is one of the coolest cars yep. on sale, but I felt really safe in that car uh, for sure. Even my mini, I still feel safe in my mini. Yep. Totally agree. Minis are strong. And um, yeah, so, so safety, even just for the dogs, like I got Alyssa for yeah. Christmas, this like custom made dog crate that's roll rated and crash rated. And I mean, it's like the most expensive dog crate you could ever imagine, but like we have them just like in the back seat, and like, this is ludicrous. Imagine if we have an accident, they just like fly out, like and they could kill us. We could hurt them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, safety is a big thing just for some reason i don't know why i'm bringing it up but it's I mean, just that, been on my mind a lot that extends to like charging station safety like we've talked about that before just well that's what electrify america was upset with me on the phone about they said why are you saying our stations are unsafe i said i actually didn't say your stations were unsafe i said superchargers i thought were but here's the problem with charging station safety you're attached to a unit um, regardless of charging network this, i am not singling out any network no. this is any charging station there's no eject button in the car and go yeah and so Someone rolls up on you, gun in the window, right? Says, give me all your money. It happened a lot at um, Burlington Supercharger. Remember, there was like one guy who just robbed yep. his owners over and over. Um, and there's nothing you can do. You can't go anywhere. So you're like, sorry, can you hold on one second? Let me just unplug. And then, yep. <laughs> but you can't. So, um, you either need to fire back, I guess, or give up everything you have. Yep. And so you're screwed. And that's a real problem. They're also in usually the back of parking lots to avoid being iced, but that's also away from the majority of people. Lighting yep. only goes so far. Um, and and I'm increasingly more paranoid about that. Yeah. Maybe I'm just going crazy. I mean, I will say props to Electrify America for adding canopies or starting to add canopies. Yeah, that's... I think they're doing everything they reasonably can do. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I don't know why I pissed them off so much. I feel bad because it wasn't intentional. <laughs> the intention no, no, is to have not. a better charging experience for yeah. everyone. And um, the canopies are awesome. The lighting's awesome. I think they're really focused on this. Mm -hmm. But then even things like how do you get cars plugged in with for people with disabilities and having wheelchair access? And some stations require... Um, you know, specific handicap charging spots. For example, California does. You roll up to EA stations in California, they have separate uh, handicap charging. I think that's setting the benchmark for how yep. these stations need to be set up. I think they're doing a really good job. Yeah. Um, 
but then even then the cables are heavy and things like this. So, and then if like the station doesn't work, you need to like load back up and move the car. And so, yeah, there's, there's more like top priority is putting stations in the ground that work, putting them places so you can actually get from A to B, but then all of these other things need, need to take priority. Yeah. Sort of, I guess, secondary priority, I would say. Yeah. First priority is can it charge? Yes. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does it work? Yeah. Just don't forget about the other important things. Yeah. There's a lot they're trying to figure out at once. It's so much, and they've done growth. a lot in a short period of time. Both the supercharger oh, yeah. network, EVGo, ChargePoint, EA, Green Lots, you name it. Everyone's pushing hard. Um, but it's early days and things aren't good yet. It really is a bad experience, I would say, overall charging for the majority of people. Yep. yep, I would agree. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's wrap it up there. And um, thanks, everyone, for joining this fun New Year's Eve end of year special. And we look yeah. forward to next year. All the cars, we'll talk about that early in the next year of what we're looking forward to. And um, everyone stay safe on the holidays. And we'll see you next year. Happy New Year. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.